Across the Field Podcast is brought to you by Stoller Shine Detailing. Contact Logan Stoller at 419-770-1042. TNT Springer Landscaping. Contact Tony Springer at 419-910-0742. And to tie that landscaping all together, put a bow on it, if you will. Sin Rock Engraving. Contact Blake and Tiffany Sin at Across the field, Double B and Brady coming at you. Peyton taking the night off. And Brady, tonight we have a special guest with us. He was our first ever player of the game from the other night, Wayne Trace Fort Recovery game. We're joined by Wayne Trace Sr., Jude Stoller. Jude, how you doing? Oh, great. Great. All right. Hey, congratulations on your performance the other night. Two catches, one touchdown, uh, 56 yards on that touchdown, I believe. Handful of tackles, and you started off the first drive with an interception. Uh, go ahead and walk us through that that first drive when when you picked it off. Uh, what were you thinking there? Um, I was just trying not to get beat deep. I know my coach doesn't like me saying it, but I like being in the deep coverage and making sure I don't let anybody get past me. I know they had some pretty good receivers out there, number eight. So I was just making sure he stayed in my eye and – made sure that also the wide out receiver wasn't going to get past me either. And I was watching the quarterback's eyes and he threw it up and I was like, it's like shot from God right there. I just picked it off and started running. Jude, uh, congratulations, man. A uh, big thing I want to ask you is, you know, last year felt like in a lot of times you were one man out of the rotation kind of at receiver and at cornerback. This year, Coach Holden showing a lot of faith in you. You're one of five guys starting on both sides of the football. Kind of talk about what that means to you this year, both sides of the ball as a senior and stepping into that leadership role. Yeah, it really means a lot. Um, I've, I didn't play football my freshman year, but when I started my sophomore year, I just tried to take as much as I could from Coach Holden because that was, was his first year as well. And I just – I knew he had played college as a uh, cornerback and I think some safety maybe. So I was just trying to take as much as I could from him and kind of mirror what he taught me all the time so I could better myself to be more like him. And once I got the starting position on both sides of the ball, I was just going to work my tail off to try to do as best as I could for the team and improve our record. Jude, what I was most impressed with, I was sitting in the uh, north end zone on the golf cart Friday night, um, and you faced a little adversity there, your team did, in the, the second quarter. Um, Fort Recovery put up 22 points there in the second second quarter. And the one thing I heard from you is you were being a vocal leader. And, I, and um, How have you grown into this, this leader of, of the team a little bit? Um, I've just gotten really comfortable with all my teammates, being a senior and whatnot, it was a little scary 
last few years of trying to talk being a younger kid, but sure. this year being older, it's a little bit easier. That I know a lot of people look up to me, so I just try to put my voice out there and see if it helps out any. I think it. I think it did. Definitely. So, Jude, I know it's only one game, and you guys beat Port Recovery a year ago, so you're in the same spot at one and zero. But it just felt to me like on Friday night we were watching a different type of football team playing with more energy and a different type of swagger. Kind of talk about what feels different about this year's team compared to last year. I'm going to be honest. This year I think we're a lot more together. Um, Last year we had some people single themselves out sometimes, and uh, that's not the best for a team. This year we're just really together and – work together really good and it's really benefit the team and we can talk everything out easy instead of getting down on each other talk each other up and I think that's really improved us I love it man I I think it really shows I think Brett would agree with that I would agree I would agree Jude talk about just real quick the offensive side of the ball the difference for you know Brady brought it up with with everything from last year but talk about the difference on the offensive side of the ball from last year to this year, you guys just seemed like you were a little more comfortable and everything was a little more fluent. Yeah. Um, the, the main thing that I think affected that was uh, Coach Holden shortened the playbook. And another thing is he gave a lot a lot more uh, options to the receivers to run routes. And okay. I think we have pretty – pretty smart receivers where they can make those options depending on where the safety goes. And it just, I think we're, we're just pretty smart and everybody has been playing football their whole lives on our receiver side. So just pretty good at it. Jude talk and catch you had, man, uh, you look pretty good. You know, you got deep and then it looked like you were maybe going to crunch. Did, did, did you hear footsteps over the top? And then, you know, once you caught it, you, you showed off some breakaway speed, man. I didn't know you had that. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. I uh, actually, when I caught the ball, I actually caught the ball on my face mask. The um, linebacker actually tipped it with his finger, and I ended up still grabbing onto it. And I was, I knew there was somebody right on my tail. And then that linebacker turned around right once he touched it, and I was, I broke away. But that it was, it was pretty scary. I was hoping I didn't get caught like I did on the return. <laughs> well, Jude, solid performance. Um, Brady, you got anything else for him? I don't, man. Just congratulations, and uh, we wish you guys the best uh, next week against Patrick Henry and going forward. Yeah, thank you. Are you wanting to put that finishing touch on your landscaping to set it apart from the rest? Or maybe you just need a gift idea for that hard-to-buy-for person in your life? Give Blake and Tiffany a call with Sin Rock Engraving. They offer custom engraved rocks that will be one of a kind. They will walk you through the process of picking out your rock and customizing it with anything from names, addresses, businesses, or images of your choice. Give them a call at 419-796-9897 or check them out on Facebook, Sin Rock Engraving, 419-796-9897. We just heard from Jude Stoller, our first ever player of the game, and now Peyton joined us. Peyton, what's going on, man? Good to talk to you guys. Week one's in the books. Now it's going to start to go fast. Sure is. I'm I'm excited. Uh, so let's dive into all the games last week. That's all we're going to do tonight. Is kind of recap everything. Brady, I'll start with you. What did you think of the Wayne Trace Fort Recovery game? You had a nice view up there in the box. 
I did. I did. Uh, it was a perfect night for football. Kind of wish I would have been outside. Um, but great game. Obviously, back and forth, momentum swings, kind of like you expect out of a week one game, except overall, it was a really clean game. There was only four penalties and not really any like long stoppages of play for cramping or anything. So it was a very enjoyable game to watch and to call. Um, Wayne Trace had their ups and downs. I think that's to be expected with some of what they lost, especially on the defensive side of the football. I was impressed, number one, with the athletes that Wayne Trace has. I mean, some of these guys that are back out playing football again, you look at guys like Hudson Myers and Cooper Wenzelick, um, drawing a blank right now on some of the other guys, but just Brady Miller. Yeah, exactly. Just a lot of speed and just true athletes out there. And I thought they really put on an dis- impressive display on the offensive side of the football. It looked like a completely different team offensively from what we saw a year ago yeah doubled up their average from last year yeah so i thought that was pretty cool um peyton what do you have anything to say about this did you get the chance to look check it out on my sports uh watch the first quarter and uh man that first quarter wayne trace looked like they were humming and on all cylinders kyle store looks a lot more comfortable in the quarterback position in year two i don't know if you noticed that brady but I felt like, you know, the game slowed down for him a little bit. He was trusting his receivers, his athletes that you were talking about out in space, throwing the ball up to Hudson Myers, like, on the first or second possession, I think, and trusting Hudson to go make a play. So, um, no, I'm, I was impressed with Wayne Trace's athletes as well. Absolutely more comfortable. And he makes really good decisions. He avoids taking big hits. And he faced a little bit of adversity early in the game. I mean, they scored on their first two possessions, but then he did throw an interception, and then he was able to bounce back and get better after that. I think a year ago, he would have been a little rattled in that spot. So, obviously, just experience showing up there for Kyle Stoller and the Wayne Trace offense. On the defensive side of the ball, Brett, I know you and I have talked a little bit about this, and I don't want to harp too much on it. I really felt like, especially in the first half, I really noticed um the loss or the graduation of Ezra Sin from a year ago. And I don't think that's anything against this year's team as much as it is just a credit to how good Ezra was. Like that's a once in a every five, six, seven years type of defensive player. And I think Wayne Trace is just going to have to find a way to replace what he did. And you're not going to do it with one guy. It's going to have to take multiple guys. The one thing I'm interested in, Wayne Trace, if, if you want to point to maybe a weakness that I saw, um, I'm, I'm just, I'll just be interested to see on how they do defensively against a team that is really run heavy, wants to come right at you out of their 3-5 stack. And I know they played a pretty basic defense last week, um, and that they'll mix up their looks as the season goes on. But that was the one thing I saw that I just kind of wonder about in the next few weeks. Yep, I agree with that. I think it's going to have to be a collective effort there at the linebacker position, making up for all those tackles. So I'd agree with you 100%. Really entertaining and a good win for the Raiders, but I think the biggest thing for Wayne Trace now is uh, it was kind of an emotional win over a MAC team, which anytime you can beat a MAC team, that's, that's a great win no matter who it is. But Wayne Trace is going to have to – flip the page on that and really look forward to these next couple weeks. I mean, if, if they want to prove 
that they're better this year than they have been the last couple of years, I, we'll, we'll see these next two weeks because it's not getting any easier for them. Uh, that's a great point, Brady. I mean, uh, past two years, I mean, they were beating the teams that they should have. Uh, last year beating Ayersville, I thought those two teams were pretty evenly matched. But if you can get one of the next two uh, in the coming weeks, that just shows that you're, you're ready to contend in the GMC. And you're, you're serious about it, you know? Yeah, and I think even with talking with the guys, and even you can kind of hear it in the interview that we had with Jude earlier, this is a group of guys for Wayne Trace that have been there, they've gone through it, and they seem like they're ready to take that next step. So we'll see. I'm excited to watch it. I would agree. I would agree. Peyton, let's move on to the game that you were at um, over in Paulding. Go ahead and walk us through that if you would. Again, another uh, – like Brady said, I'd rather have been outside than in the box because it was hot in the box, but it felt beautiful outside once I stepped out of it. But, um, man, the Pauley Panthers really raised some eyebrows, I think, in the area. Um, I mean, Swanton coming in, no one really knew what Swanton was, but Paulding really took care of business. You know, you thought that game was going to – I thought it was going to teeter. Blake Runhouse takes a great opening kickoff, you know, gets it into Swanton territory, and next play – a fumble and you're like oh boy here we go and then giving swan right the ball back they get a first and uh, hang, talk, uh credit paulding for hanging in there and swan turns the ball over they fumble and then the next drive paulding goes down and scores they capitalize off of swan's mistake you know that, that that's tough to overcome if you're swan and um kobe four i i didn't know what to expect of him running the football uh you know not touching the football since his junior uh since he was in junior high in the eighth grade but, boy, he looked really good, physical, a downhill running back. Um, I didn't think we could uh, replace a guy like Dawson Lamb, and it's still tough to replace his leadership and everything. But I thought Kobe stepped right in that position really well, and he looked good running the football. And Paulding went with a two-quarterback system that, you know, I, I didn't think they would do, but they did, and they did really well with both guys. Both guys were extremely efficient. Colt Hunt got the start, but credit Jacob Fife for coming in. And when his his first play of scrimmage, uh, he takes a 40-yard touchdown run. And he had two big long runs, and then he had a passing touchdown to Kobe. And I thought Jacob Fife looked extremely well improved from last year to this year. It looks like a totally different quarterback. He looks comfortable in the system. I mean, if you really think about it, he's had, you know, he's been starting quarterback for three years, and he's had three different systems. I mean, his sophomore year coach, Aaron, uh, last year, you know, with the stuff that happened preseason, I mean, that was a different head coach than what he's got now. So, I mean, three kind of new uh, offenses, and he looked really comfortable in this one. And um, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, all Paulding fans, I mean, you were probably used to seeing like Kobe Ford, Jack Woods, the linebackers hitting hard, and Blake Ronhouse in the secondary. But it's the guys that, you know, didn't get their names in the headlines, you know, in the preseason uh, magazines or whatever. Colton Bayshore played with great energy on the defensive line. And freshman Avery Cooper, he did an excellent job as well. I mean, Paulding played a lot of sophomores and freshmen on Friday night. Yeah, Peyton, uh, I went back and watched the first half and maybe even into the, the third quarter. Um, going back to the offensive side, I feel like both quarterbacks played pretty well. Um, and they each have – I mean, they each play a little bit different game. But, uh, you know, they've got different qualities about themselves. But I thought they were both pretty solid. Yeah, absolutely. They were. And, again, extremely efficient. And I, I saw a breakdown of the stats. Uh, 212 yards through the air. 
and 212 yards on the ground. Wow. So, I mean, that's as balanced as it gets. Yeah. Yeah, I went back and watched the first half of the Paulding game also, and I'll be the first to admit when I was wrong, and I, I picked Swanton last week, and I, I owe the Panthers an apology because I underestimated them. They looked a lot bigger, stronger, and faster than I expected, especially up front. And I thought in the first half they really looked good. You guys are talking about the two quarterbacks, and it feels to me like a situation where it's going to be a two-headed monster most of the season as opposed to it's like a competition now where one guy's going to win out. I feel like it's going to be a two-headed monster for 10 weeks. Are you guys getting that feeling? I'm getting that exact vibe, Brady. Yeah, yeah I would agree with that. I'd agree with that. And I, I think it's going to be a situation where Fife obviously showed off some athleticism, and I think in some of the maybe higher leverage spots in conference games where things are tighter, you're going to want that experience back there. But I also liked what I saw from Hunt uh, early in the game. More comfortable. He'll only continue to get better. Absolutely. I don't know if you guys well, – I mean, you guys said you only watched the first half. But right. there in the, early in the fourth quarter, Paulding was third and long, so they had a throw to try to get the first down to keep it the, the chains moving. Hunt threw a ball to Caleb Larson right on the money. Caleb didn't have to break stride at all, wide open. And I, I, went, I was impressed with that arm strength and the ball placement on that. If you get a chance, go back and watch that. I mean, that's impressive out of a sophomore quarterback. Will do. Uh, a couple more things on Paulding. Four, uh, as the ball carrier, uh, this guy can play, and he's going to be a problem. And he's going to be one of those running backs that as you get deeper into the season, you know, week seven, eight, nine, and it starts to get colder out he's going to be even tougher and tougher to bring down. I would agree with that 100%. But yeah, then, no one's going to be wanting to tackle those tree trunks for legs in yeah. week 10 when it's cold. Exactly, exactly. And, and he's head head hunting when he has the football. I mean, he he's looking for contact. And I, I always love to see that out of a running back. So now Paulding kind of in a similar situation to Wayne Trace. They win week one. That's great. Congratulations to the Panthers. But it's time to flip the page because you start to look at this schedule and the Panthers have a realistic chance of starting this season 3-0, and I think, especially with what they showed on Friday. But you can't buy into the hype. you got to turn the page and get ready again and take it one week at a time. Brady, you talked about talking to the Wayne Trace kids. Um, you know, my brother's on the team. There was like 10 guys at our house Saturday uh, uh, night playing cards and whatever. And I'm getting that same vibe from them. Uh, Fife was here, and I talked to Fife actually Friday night, and uh, he got player of the game for my sports, and he says, yeah, can't be satisfied now. Uh, got to keep going. So, I mean, the experience is showing, and they're just dragging the youth on this Paulding team. I mean, it's a good mixture of both. The Paulding Panthers get the 1-0 on the season. And, uh, look forward. That's going to be our game of the week this week. We're heading down to Spencerville to watch uh, Paulding against Spencerville this week. So I, I'm, I'm excited for that. We'll break that one down more uh, later this week. But uh, just a little quick preview. I think that's going to be a really fine game. Should be. Should be. I think that's a great pick for game of the week. All right. Let's rewind a little bit, fellas. And um, let's go back to Thursday night. And, Brady, I'm not sure if you – took in any action on Thursday night or kept up with some scores, but Peyton and I both ended up over in defiance for the river rock rivalry. And, um, Peyton, I'll go ahead. If you want to start off here and kind of talk about that game Thursday night. 
I thought Defiance just came out lethargic and was expecting just to roll Napoleon and Napoleon just to fall flat. But Napoleon came out with a spark. Um, you know, they had a couple uh, decent drives. And uh, Defiance seemed like couldn't get things going. They could drive in between the 35-yard line. But after that, they couldn't get anything done in the red zone. And then once once they went in the locker rooms and came out, Rogan Castillo was a different dude. I told you, Brett. You did tell me. He <laughs> He ran like a man that second half. I will say that. And it and it seemed like Napoleon was the bigger team, like up front. Like when I first got there, I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. I guess I use up front. Yeah, I predicted the 42-14, and and once I got there, I'm like, that ain't gonna hit because I didn't realize how big Napoleon was. Yeah. Compared to Defiance. Yeah, Brady, did you keep up with this game? Yeah, I tried to keep up with it on my phone. Uh, I didn't. I got to listen, but I was kind of in and out doing some things Thursday night. The one thing I will say just from listening to it, it sounded like anytime Defiance early in the game got a positive play or a big chunk play, it was called back. They had a few penalties and things of that sort, so kind of some unlucky breaks. But it just kind of felt like you knew the whole time that they were going to be able to pull away with the game. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I'll say this. I, I mean, I'll, I'll back you up here, Peyton. That first half – like you said, Napoleon came out ready to play, and and I think Defiance was a little lethargic, just kind of yeah. going through the motions. And ultimately, there in the second half, um, it was a special teams play that just sparked everything on that punt return. So um, then I felt like Defiance got the momentum rolling, and then their offense picked up, and it was just a downhill train coming at you that Napoleon just couldn't stop. It, it, it was, and. Uh... Defiance, that's an emotional win, but, like, they have a legit shot of being in contention for the WBL, and who better to play week two than defending champs Walpark? Absolutely. So. Uh, moving on to Thursday night, some other scores. LCC knocked off Shawnee 42-14. to 14. Uh, The battle down in Delphi, St. John's knocked off Jefferson 45-6. to six. And then the the nightcap, if you will, because they pushed the start time back to eight o'clock. Columbus Grove at Pandora Gilboa. Gilboa scored with one second left to win twenty-five to twenty-two. I kept up with this game on Twitter when I got home. Just a, sounds like a phenomenal game. I kind of wish I'd have made it over to Pandora Gilboa. Yeah, and it sounds. It feels like that was kind of the stunt. Then I most everyone expecting Grove to win that one, especially with how strong they've been the last several years and normally are year in and year out. Um, I don't know a ton about Pandora, but obviously they're not going to be slept on anymore after knocking off Grove. Boy, now I don't I don't know who the favorite is in the NWC, if I'm going to be no completely kid. Yeah, there's some more question marks in there. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah this, this weekend raised more question marks than answers. Let me ask you guys, um, the team I felt like kind of flying under the radar of the Northwest Conference is Crestview, and I think the door's kind of wide open for them maybe. Yeah, I, I agree, and it seems like they're always kind of that team for whatever reason. They're always yeah. a little bit disrespected in that Northwest Conference. There's normally some team that's just flashier, getting more hype for some reason, but we're going to learn more about Crestview the next two weeks also. For sure. It's weird, you know, I was looking at the week two uh, picks that you put out today, Brett, uh, and that you sent to us, and week two is almost tougher to pick than week one 
because week one you think you have an idea and then week two you, you just don't know because teams play each other one time it's like i was telling you about fort recovery i i don't know if fort recovery is going to go seven and three or three and seven you know it, it could go either way and so week two is almost tougher for me to figure out than week one does your landscaping need an upgrade this year look no further than tnt springer landscaping they specialize in mulch rock trim redesign and much more for your next landscaping project, choose TNT Springer Landscaping. Contact Tony Springer at 419-910-0742 to make your landscaping vision a reality. We'll kind of roll through here, guys. If we're done with uh, Thursday night, we'll kind of jump into Friday if you guys want to and yeah. kind, of go, kind of go through the picks that we made. Um, or, or the games that we made picks on and just kind of talk about them uh, briefly. But the first one I'm going to start with, OG and Eastwood, uh, sounded to be a really fine game. I thought Eastwood would uh, kind of take control of that and win by maybe two scores, but OG hanging right in there, and Eastwood won that game 21-18. to What would you guys think about that? Uh, close game. Surprised me as well. I think Eastwood was pretty heavily favored in that one but uh og hung right in there yeah i think og's gonna have a bounce back year compared to last year I, that's my thoughts yeah i think i think so too especially looking at that score i mean that's nope. that's pretty good so uh moving right along we'll go marion local and walpock the flyers get it done on the road 29 26 um what did you guys think about this one i think this says more about walpock than marion local yeah, I'd agree. Walpock in for a big year. That was kind of a stunner to me. That was the one game I was kind of following uh, as I was calling the Wayne Trace game on Friday night. But, of course, Marion Local finds a way, as they always do. <laughs> Never doubt the Flyers, man. No, no. <laughs> Moving right along, the Crestview Knights traveled to Parkway, knocked off the Panthers 41-27. And the way it sounds, maybe the final score a little closer than what it was in the first half. But maybe, you know, I'd, I'd say give Parkway some credit for hanging in there and battling the Knights the whole way through. Yeah, Parkway's going to have a rough year. I've I seen them uh, two Fridays ago, and, man, they got really good quarterback play. But uh, it's going to be a tough year for that uh, head coaches. It's his first year over there. I, I his, I'm blanking on his name, but um, – they just don't have the numbers over there. Looking forward to see how Crestview does in week two against Macomb. Exactly. Speaking of Macomb, uh, we'll move right along. They knocked off Allen East at Allen East, Peyton, 42-7. to seven. I told you not to bet against Chris Algie and the boys. Yeah, and I didn't see that blowout. I didn't, I didn't either. Three. I'll be honest. I didn't, I'll be honest. I didn't see the blowout. More question marks to raise. Like, does this say more about Macomb or Allen East? That that's what makes this week's game so much uh, so much harder to pick. Yep, and Peyton hit it on the head. You know what? It, it's just hard. We're gonna need another week or two before we can really pick out a favorite in the Northwest Conference. I would agree. I would agree. Uh, well, let's get into the the Green Meadows Conference. That was all the non-conference games. Um, and let's start with the Antwerp Archers defending. Green Meadows Conference champions knocked off Montpelier 42 to six um, at home. 
and boys, that was the score at halftime. And, you know, so credit Montpelier for hanging around. Um, you guys have any comments on this game? I do, yeah. So I watched the first quarter of that game, didn't get to watch any more, um, which, by the way, the first quarter of that game took about 45 or 50 minutes. It was a long first quarter, and I think it was 27 uh, 27 to 6 after one, I think. But Antwerp obviously looked good um, at times. They scored on their first play, got the ball and scored on the first play, all of us to Brewer, and then they got a stop, got the ball back. And they were they scored in then like two or three plays, I think, and it was pretty much over from there. The interesting thing about Antwerp to me that I noticed is they remind me a lot of 20 set. Well, it will be 2016 Ayersville in the fact that there's athletes all over the place, um, obviously starting with Olimus and Brewer. But a lot of their guys are not only playing offense and defense, but they're also playing special teams like Aldemus, Brewer, uh, I think Fuller. I saw Winslow out there on special teams. So those guys are never going to come off the field in their bigger games. And, you know, I talked about weaknesses for the other two county teams. If I see a weakness with Antwerp, they don't appear to be extraordinarily deep at any position. So health is going to be huge for the archers this year. Yeah, and that's something that, you know, that bit them late in the season last year when Carson, you know, when he was at maybe 50% in week 14, that's that's when you see Antler pick up a L in the loss column. So, yeah, being healthy is going to be tough. Now, I with that being said, I will say Carson Oldemus is, like, so, so, so good. And I know that there's already people trying to pick out, you know, teams they think can beat Antwerp or maybe challenge Antwerp. And that's what happens when you're the favorites and the top dogs and have that target on your back. But I'll go ahead and say it until further notice or barring any injury, any week that Carson Olimus is out there, I'm picking the archers. I mean, I, I predict them to go 10 and 0 this year. Um, and I think that's something that they have earned. And I, I think they do deserve a lot of respect for the guys that they do have playing and the group they have out there because they really have some great football players. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, Carson, Carson Ultimus kind of reminds me of Trevor Spees in the aspect that you cannot get a clean hit on him. He's just so shaky. Like Trevor Spees could never get hit hard because, you know, he was uh, just so quick in the pocket. And that's how Carson Ultimus is. Like if he, if he stays like that and not doesn't take a big hit, he will stay healthy for all 10 weeks. Yeah, and yeah, it's hard. Teams don't get many shots on him because they can't catch him. And no. they're very selective with when they have him tuck it down and run. And he's obviously a very high IQ player as well. I will say also, Montpelier did score a touchdown. Uh, it was when Antwerp was rotating some different guys in on defense. And Montpelier had a sophomore quarterback that was pretty good and a couple decent receivers to go with him. So, uh, Archer defense, they have really good linebackers as well. Cyrus Gale and Reed Leasty. I mean, they're as good as anybody around on the defensive side of the ball. I agree Tough with that. for them this week. Tougher. We'll learn a little bit more about them, I would think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, I agree. I agree. Let's move right along, guys. Let's uh, talk about the Ayersville Pilots avenging that loss from last year against Delta. Coach Mickey and the boys getting it done 27-7. to uh, happy for Coach Mickey and, and Ayersville getting off to a 1-0 start. 
I just think this says a lot about Fair, uh, Ayersville's uh, front five on the offensive line. Delta was more physical than, than them last year. Ayersville returns everybody. And as you see, it really wasn't close. Yeah, and, you know, just thinking back to the interview that uh, Brett did with Coach Mickey, they lost some guys from last year that a lot of people will point to. But obviously here, a great week one win. And then pretty favorably at the beginning so don't be surprised when they're pretty high up in the standings in their region here through the first half of the year i'm moving right along guys a, a really good game in the uh up north with eden and edgerton eden gets to win 28 26 um bulldogs hanging tough the whole way through and i didn't expect that game to be a blowout just because it was at edgerton and that's such a yeah. unique place to play different and Eden Edgerton, uh, a rivalry game there as well. But as you mentioned, Edgerton able to keep it close, and Eden will learn more about them this week as they take on the Archers. Edgerton scored like with time expiring, right, and had a two point conversion. Correct. Correct. So yeah, whale of a ball game. Great game. And Peyton, we talked about it. You know, last week when we were making the picks, if Edgerton could kind of slow it down but not get too too slow with it you know just kind of control the game and to me that's what it kind of sounded like from people I've talked to yeah and coach Olin doesn't want to play a game 28 26 he wants that thing in the upper 30s 40s so absolutely absolutely moving right along uh we'll go Wasion and Fairview Wasion knocks off the Apaches uh 49 to 12 uh, any comments on this game, guys? A lot about this game, but uh, kind of what we expected there. Wasion, pretty clean week one. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't hear much about this game. And I think, you know, Fairview's still really young. Yep. Uh, moving on to Hicksville, they welcomed in the Patriots of Patrick Henry, and PH wins that game 39 to nothing. And again, we kind of talked about. PH could kind of name the score and, you know, do whatever they want. And that's, and that's nothing with Hicksville. It's just one of those years where they're trying to get back on track. Yep. And the number here to me, you know, 39 to nothing, the PH pitches the shutout, uh, which tells me that they were sound and ready to go defensively. Um, I have been told that Coach Inselman is concerned about Wayne Trace. And you just know with how – he coaches and how they handle business up there, uh, they're not going to overlook anybody. So, so they'll be ready to go this week for the Raiders. Wayne Trace is going to have to show up. Looking for a high-quality detailing service? Check out Stoller Shine Detailing, located on the outskirts of Paulding. Stoller Shine Detailing has a variety of options for interior, exterior detailing. Whether your ride is new, used, or abused, Stoller Shine Detailing strives for highest quality results and treat each vehicle as their own. To schedule an appointment, go to StollerShineDetailing.com or contact owner and operator Logan Stoller at 419-770-1042. Check out Stoller Shine Detailing on Facebook. Then the last one that's on that was on our slate, Liberty Center Tenora. The Rams came out playing tough, guys, and I believe actually had the lead in the first quarter, maybe even at halftime. This score raised my – I mean, raised my eyebrows. I mean, I know LC is not the team that they were last year, 
I mean, and Tenora has a new coach and how to go through a whole new offseason with a different guy. Uh, but, I mean, serious, serious game by the Rambos. Yeah, yep. Me as well when I saw that halftime score. Um, but we know what Liberty Center does and how they handle business. Going to be a different-looking Tenora team this year. They're doing some different things uh, schematically. So interested to see how they do in the next couple weeks as they – gear up for league play sure so that does it for all the games we picked obviously uh holding and swanton we've already recapped that one and our game of the week was wayne trace fort recovery and we recapped that one as well so were, were there any scores guys that jumped out to you that just really surprised you the biggest one for me is mccomb and alan East. that was the one that really floored me but other than that um not a ton that really shocked me in week one i would also say uh pandora over grove didn't see that happening but mostly just the macomb and allen east score for me uh guys i'm i'm gonna be completely honest this might sound uh like me being a homer but like polling pitching a shutout i i thought polling would win but i didn't think they would win it in the fashion where they'd put the running clock on yeah i'd agree with that I, i didn't i didn't expect that either i mean I picked Paulding to win as well, and but I did I did not expect that to be the case. The final score, I thought that was going to be a, a pretty good ball game. So credit to Panthers, man. They they look pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, Brett, uh, one, you're the you're the pick king for week one, man. Congrats. <laughs> we'll get to that. I did want to mention this: the score that jumped out to me, and I don't know much about these two teams, but just the tradition. I mean, both teams are pretty good, but just really shocked me was lima bath knocking off new bremen 14 to 7 mm-hmm. that kind of stood out to me i mean I, I really thought new bremen was probably a heavy favorite there and i don't know what you guys think about that yeah it just seems like anytime in the first three weeks you see a mac team playing a non-league game like you just expect the mac team to win automatically mm-hmm. so yeah <laughs> that surprised me yeah yeah so moving along um there it is. That, that's Friday night in a nutshell, and even Thursday night in a nutshell. Um, so let's talk about the picks, guys. Uh, Brady, as you mentioned, I didn't want to toot my own horn, but um, I had 15 correct. The only and we picked 16 games. The only one I missed was Grove and Pandora. But you guys weren't far behind. Peyton, Peyton had 14. Brady, you had 13. Uh, pretty solid week for for all of us, I think. Um, but this week's going to get a little bit tougher. Yeah, it's way tougher this week. And like I told you earlier, Brett, we're, we're going to keep season-long totals for us here on the panel. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and and I, I'm playing the long game, so just don't get too comfortable up there at the top. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And we had, we had college football in the mix. That's what makes it fun this week. Yes. Absolutely. Week zero. Um, so last week, <clears throat> excuse me, we had five people tie – for our listeners we kind of take ourselves out of it obviously i won but we'll set that aside for a minute so our five people that tied for first place ted stallbaum austin spice keith brown jason miller alex arlano um guys i reached out to here's what we're gonna do since we had a tie peyton i think you will agree to this last year we had Ted and Alex on, so we're going to skip over them. But wanted to give them a shout-out. You good with that? Yep. 
All right. I think they're good with that, too. Um, Jason Miller, old boostinator, he didn't want to come on, so he just said, just give me a shout-out. So there you go, Boost. Nice job. Uh, and Boost was the only one that picked the Pandora game, right? Pandora and Groove. He was the only one that had Pandora winning that game. But he screwed it up by picking Swanton and Fort Recovery. Way to go, Boost. There's your shout-out, bub. Uh, so it was down to Haas and Keith Brown and Coach Austin Spees. And I think um, he's good to go on Wednesday night, guys. So he's going to be our guest picker. Reached out to Keith, and I haven't heard anything back from him just yet. But uh, we might just have them both on and, and joining us on Wednesday if you guys are good with that. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Okay. So, And I always shout out the guy or gal that did the worst. And, uh, you know, just for fun. And um, we had a two-way tie for last place. Corbin Edwards with 10. And Uncle Scott when we got 10. And Uncle Scott, we got to be better. We just got to be better. That's that's unacceptable. So there's those shout-outs. We want to thank everybody for playing again and uh, get in. We're going to keep a running total, especially for us three. And uh, so now, now the game's on. I'm not picking with my heart anymore. I gotta start, gotta start going with my brain. That's what I'm saying, man. Here which, we go. Which might not be much better, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys got anything to add before we wrap up tonight? I'm good. I think I'm good. Um, just real quick, did you guys see what was said in the Ohio State press conferences today? Yes. Yes, I was hoping a starter would be named today. Yeah, it's not going to happen. And it's not going to happen until about week three or four. I don't don't think. Guys, it really – Go ahead, Peyton. I'm sorry. It really felt like Kyle McCord's battle to lose before camp even started. So, Devin Brown obviously has to be playing some good ball. That's how it felt like to me before camp started. So, I'll, Brady, I'll ask you. Me and Peyton talked about it a few weeks ago. If you had to name a starter today, who do you think's gonna, who do you think is going to be? Who's who's in the lead right now? Well, it seems like it would be Devin Brown, right? Just because yeah. it seemed like Kyle McCord, unless there was something that went completely wrong, Kyle McCord was going to be the guy. And I don't know. Day kind of changed his tone today, but I, don't, I can't remember if it was last week or a couple weeks ago. The way he talked about the competition, it really bugged me because – he made it sound like neither guy was really lighting it up and I just hated to hear that. And so I think it's like, I'm guessing just the vibe I'm getting pure speculation. I don't think Kyle McCord has probably performed the way that they had hoped or expected. And I think Devin Brown has probably made a push. And I think this thing's going into week one, two, three. I I hope we have a starter for the Notre Dame game. Um, But I'm guessing week one, Kyle McCord's going to be, the quote-unquote starter, but they're both going to play about the unequal amount of reps, which I really hate. It's me, but whatever. As long as they get it right in the end. Yep, as long as they get it right in the end. But it feels like Day's being a little bit biased. Like, you know, Kyle McCord stuck the course. He thought he'd probably leave because he was in the same class as CJ and never did and was loyal to Ohio State. So I feel like Ryan Day's playing into that. Yeah, and this has kind of been part of the issue, dude. Like, we like I'm all for being loyal, but you can't be loyal to a fault. 
Like right. same thing on the same thing on the defensive side of the ball. Like Sonny Styles has got to be out there. CJ Hicks has to be out there. Like those guys got to play. You can't just be loyal just because. Like you still got to put your best eleven out there. Yep. Guys, guys, to me, that what this feels like, I'll be honest with you, and Brady, you probably remember this. Peyton, you might be a little young for this, but it feels like way back in the day, Justin Swick, Troy Smith vibes is yep. what I'm getting. Yep. And, you know, just I didn't love it then, and I definitely don't love it now. Yeah. And he, here's another thing that I want to point out. What, like it's no secret that Day was Heisman chasing last year for Stroud, I would yeah. say. And that would have been all fine and dandy if he, one, would have won the Heisman or two, would have beat Michigan, which would have led to him winning the Heisman. But the fact that neither of those things got accomplished and now you're left with the fallout of we need a quarterback and we don't have one that's seen any meaningful reps um, – that that bites, man. That that's tough. For sure, for sure. And I I heard I heard a Go thing on College Football Live today on ESPN about we would feel so much different about this quarterback battle and day letting it keep going if Ohio State beats Georgia last year. Yeah, like, I mean, they they made a good point. Like, and people are getting worried on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. But like, I feel like in the end. Ryan Day is going to make the right decision. If Urban Meyer was the coach, I think Kyle McCord would start. If I'm going to be completely honest, because JT Barrett wasn't the better quarterback his junior or senior year, if I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah, well, I'm going to throw this out here. I think this year, regardless of if it's Brown or McCord or both, I'm willing to say it's going to be the least amount of talent we've had at quarterback since, since JT. So the last – five years because I don't think either of these guys is better than Haskins, better than Fields, or better than Stroud. Anything else you guys want to add to that? I mean, we can jump more into that as we get closer. But Peyton, how many days away are we here? What are we? Uh, 12? 12, yep. Oh, my gosh. You got the countdown on hand all the time. I thought you'd rip that off right away. No, yeah. I'd blank me. But, yeah, 12. <laughs> all right. We're – we're going to have to have a special Ohio State show because I have a lot more to get off my chest, and I, I just need to get it all out there so hopefully somebody else can, like, talk me down and talk me out of it. But I just need to be, like, the grouchy, like, negative guy. But I just uh, – really bad vibes right now. We could definitely do that. That's something we got planned. So I, I can't wait for that to really get, dive. Get, get, Rhino, get Rhino on the pod. Let's go. He'll let it out. Let's He'll go. let it out with you, Brady. <laughs> I'll just say it. Rhino told me we were here drafting at my house yesterday. I had a fancy football draft on Sunday. And he told me, wouldn't be shocked if the Buckeyes are 9-3. and three. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think I could live through a 9-3 and three season. Me neither. But Boy, it's, been a, it's been a long time. No. Oh. I'll put Coach Jerome on blast like that. He'll back it up too. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to talk that one out, and I hope he's really wrong. <laughs> really wrong, but I could honestly see it happen with the away games we have in the schedule. Yeah, the away games are tough. 
The away games are tough, and I'm not counting Penn, uh, Penn State. Scares me. Yeah. Yeah, we, we'll get more into that as we go along, but uh, just wanted to recap the high school or the high school week one, guys, and and kind of keep it moving, and we'll be back Wednesday night for guest pickers on, and we can maybe even drop some Buckeye football on Wednesday as well. At 3.30 on CBS, get used to it, week one. Yeah. So that Brad Nestor. Got to feel a little different, isn't it? Yeah, I just can't stand listening to Gary Danielson, so. Uh, <laughs> that might be a game that goes on mute and the radio comes on and we listen to Paul Keels and Jim Lachey. You got to sync it up, man. Sync it up. It is an art, for sure. <laughs> so, all right, you guys got any shout-outs before we jump off here? Um, Shout-out to all of the Paulding County football teams for getting a win, number one. I don't know. I, I never did hear an official answer of when the last time that ever happened was. Did you ever hear anything on that, Brett? I did not. I did not. I'll um, try to get an answer on that for Wednesday. I know last I had heard – um, Kevin Wanamaker was researching it and he was back in the 90s and still hadn't come across anything. Wow. Yeah. That's unreal. Yeah. Brady, that was the first time my sports.live covered all three teams when they won. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> crazy. It, it was a good week for sure. Um, so that's my first shout out. Second shout out I do have is uh, to some of my friends. We've been playing sand volleyball in a league on Sundays in Van Wert all summer for about 10 or 12 weeks here. And yesterday was our tournament, and we won it all. We made a great push at the end, and we won it. So Shoot, man. Shout out those teammates real quick. Name them all. So it, so it was me and Kristen, and then it was uh, Danae Myers, Seth Saylor, Evan Boffman, and then Noah – Gershutes and his wife Emily Gershutes, formerly Emily Dirk from Antwerp. So okay. it was co ed. Co ed. We had a good squad. Rocky through the regular season. We came into the tournament as the five seed and uh, we got hot yesterday, man. I'm telling you. How many teams were in it? Uh, there were 16 teams in the league. Top eight made the tournament. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Got hot at the right time. That's what it's all about, right? Heck yeah. Well, your best ball in the late season. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Congratulations. Thanks. Uh, I wish it would have been a little cooler yesterday afternoon, oh but uh, we were able to battle through and fighting through some soreness today, but it's always a little less <laughs> when you're the champ, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> Peyton, you got any shout-outs? I ain't got nothing. I uh, School starts tomorrow, so back in for, that grind. For the For you? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So what's your schedule like this semester? Uh, it's pretty how, – yeah, how, how often are you going to bail on us is what I'm getting at. Well – No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I'm going to be a Bulldog this semester, uh, a Middle School, so. Oh, yeah? Ooh. Yeah. There you Coach, go. Coach Speller's old stomping ground, so. Yeah. Elida Bulldogs. Yep. That'd be fun. Go, go in the Lima now. Yep. So. All right. We're going to need you. Stay close. We need our Paulding football insider. Whoa, 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 dude. Let's back. Yeah, number one. I'll retweet that, Brady, for sure. We need our Paulding football insider, Peyton Beckman. Um, 
But number two, you don't have a shout out. You didn't do anything this weekend. Went to a Hardy concert. No, no, no. Before that, I went to a volleyball game. Yeah. <laughs> You're not gonna shout that out. <laughs> Wasn't going to because I took the L. But oh well, dude. You okay, hey, you were there supporting. Timeout. 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 Yeah. So I wondered why you weren't in Ren, Ohio on Saturday night, Peyton. This is something else that should be talked about. Uh-oh. Brett, Brett, have you ever been over there for the wiffle ball tournament for Ren days? I have years ago, man. It was like right out of high school I went. Okay. Yep. That That is like an all-time sporting event, especially oh, here in Northwest Ohio. Um, Dad and I go and watch every year, Saturday night, the Final Four. Uh, took it in this year again, and that's another shout-out I have. Shout-out to uh, my buddies, the Ralstons, won their fourth title. So, But, yeah, I, I, I kind of figured I would see Peyton over there Saturday. No. Then I, I kind of connected the dots and realized he had volleyball. Well, and I had a Hardy concert that night. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah so, okay. um, yeah, so I've never been over there. And I was talking to Tony Springer yesterday, and he goes – like, my college buddies didn't understand either. Like, you play wiffle ball with grown men and take it, like, as real as it is. But, like, I was seeing some videos of, like, the setup and everything. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah. It's real, it's real, real, man. Like, yeah. lights and everything. Oh, like, yeah. It's the wiffle ball capital of Ohio, man. Wren. <laughs> I didn't even know Wren was a town until I started you know, going over to Convoy more. Yeah. Hey, you gotta, you gotta get out there and see see the world, man. <laughs> uh, I'll shout out Bailey then. Shout out Bailey. Since Peyton ain't gonna do it, I'll do it. And I also want to shout out. Um, sorry to put you on blast like that, PB. My bad. You're good. You're gonna get. You're, you're gonna get. You're gonna get an earful, aren't you? Yeah, I am. <laughs> All right. My other shout-out is I was asked to do this, and I thought they did a phenomenal job when I was at the game Friday night. Wayne Trace cheerleaders uh, really getting the crowd into it. Brady, did you hear them pumping them up over there? I did. I did. So we'll shout-out to Wayne Trace cheerleaders. I thought they were phenomenal. And uh, the crowd really fed off their energy. So give that shout-out. That's all I got for tonight, guys. You got anything else? I'm all good, man. Ready to come back and make some picks here in a couple days and get ready for week two. Need another strong week. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. We'll see you guys here in a couple days. We'll talk to you in a couple days, make some picks, and uh, we'll roll with it. So you have listened to another episode of Across the Field. Peace out, players.